Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Our world says, I don't really need a God to find happiness and fulfillment meaning. I can do it on my own. That is not true. Quite often you hear people say, I'm a self-made man. I always stop and want to say, if I could find him, I'd say to this, who made you then? There's no way you're a self-made man. So Jesus is going to teach different. Man cannot, was never designed to direct their own life. You were created to be blessed by God by depending on him. All around us, we see people who live their lives as they see fit. Many come out and declare that they have no need for any God, let alone the God of the Bible. Those of us who have surrendered our lives to Christ, however, know differently. We need God. We need Jesus. Pastor Mark will be teaching about our tendency to want to live life our way and the futility of doing so. He will be sharing Jesus' words that we're blessed when we recognize our inadequacy and submit to the will of God, turning control of our lives over to Him. We'll be cautioned that this shift in allegiances will have a price as well. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Luke as he continues his message, Christ followers live by different values. I'm going to read to you a summary of the blessings that Jesus gives. So just look at me. Here's what he's going to say. He says, get ready to be blessed. Watch this. Jesus said, if you want to be happy and blessed, then you must be financially poor physically hungry, grieving and hurting all the time, absolutely no laughter, no joy, hated by your friends and co-workers, and persecuted for Jesus. Amen. How many are glad that you're here this morning? That is not what Jesus is saying. Can you say, whoo, good. So what is he going to say with all these things? Some of these things are partially true, but you have to understand the meaning of them as we go through. Now, How about for a starting again, blessed by being poor? How many know that kind of goes against everybody's normal thinking? See, most people who are materially poor, why would Jesus say this? Most people who are materially poor in our world have an easier time following Jesus because they learn to depend on God. Now, why do they learn to depend on God? Because they have nothing else to depend on. So Jesus knew this. That doesn't mean that rich people can't come to God. Lots of rich people come to God. I remember my first trip to India way back in 1990. I was in this little village way out wherever, and I was teaching with an interpreter. And at the end, people were coming, getting saved, whatever. And uh, parents came with their little child. 
And we were like miles from any civilization, 100 miles from any civilization at all. And I asked, what's wrong with the baby? And they said, well, the baby seems to be sick. You know, my background is hospital pharmacy director and stuff. And so I put my hand on the baby and said, I didn't need a thermometer. That baby was burning up. There's no medicine. Hundreds of miles. There's no baby aspirin. Hundreds of miles. So what were they hoping? What were they praying for? God. Who else is there? Only God. See, is your faith easier? Yes, because that's the only person. Can you pray more? Yeah, because you can't go to the shelf. We're not against medicine. You understand. But see, when I don't have 47 things to depend on, who's left? God. And sometimes you'll see with the woe, that's the problem. We have so many ways to get around God that we simply don't seem to depend on God. Understand, the Bible isn't commending poverty. The Bible doesn't say you should be. In fact, the Bible says God gives us richly to enjoy all things. So it's not about commending poverty, nor does it condemn wealth. Lots of wonderful people are Christians, are wealthy. But this beatitude is different than the way Matthew wrote it. Matthew wrote it like this, the poor in spirit. But there is an aspect to being poor that helps us depend on God. Now, what does it mean Poor in spirit. I want you to write this down. Here's what it means. It means it's deeper than material poverty. It means in my life, my only source of help spiritually is God. I can't work my salvation up. See, good people don't go to heaven. Only forgiven people go. So the poor in spirit are those who realize their own spiritual helplessness and total dependence on God. If you're a Christian this morning, you came to Christ because you were poor in spirit. You didn't have any way to impress God. What are you going to impress God with? We have no way to get to God. We can't be good enough. The whole world tries to be good enough. They never make it. God designed it that way that you and I would only come to God by God's grace and power. You see, I am morally and spiritually bankrupt without God. How did you become a Christian this morning? Because of the grace of God. It depends on God. You believed God did all the rest. He gave you the gift of salvation. So I am morally bankrupt. I have not, that's why I'm not better than anybody else. But you'll see in a moment that the rich, they won't depend on God. But do you know this morning, man is not self-sufficient. But our world says, I don't really need a God to find happiness and fulfillment meaning. I can do it on my own. That is not true. Quite often you hear people say, I'm a self-made man. I always stop and want to say, if I could find him, I'd say to this, who made you then? There's no way you're a self-made man. So Jesus is going to teach different. Man cannot, was never designed to direct their own life. You were created to be blessed by God by depending on him. As I'm teaching you this morning, who am I depending on? Not me, not my gifting, not my little bit of intelligence, but I'm depending on the power of the Holy Spirit who's the one teaching you this morning. Because something spiritual has to come from your life, not based on something from a man. Remember, Paul got up and said, I didn't come to you with my wisdom. I came to you with the power of the Holy Spirit. Understand, 
You and I are dependent on God. That's a great thing because you're depending on the all-knowing, the all-powerful, and the ever-present God. Now, the disciples knew this. That's why earlier they'd done what? They were poor. They left everything and followed Jesus. See, we hear these false prosperity teachers tell us that Jesus and his disciples were rich. That's a lie. They were poor. They had not, they didn't know where they were going to stay the first night. Now, as you work through this, remember, look at the last part of the verse. Every blessed says you're blessed because of this. Look at the end of the verse right there. What's it say? Spiritually material person is blessed. Why? Because you are already where? In the kingdom of God. God blesses you who are poor, poor in spirit, poor materially, for the kingdom of God is yours. What does that mean? That's where God rules. So the minute I become a Christian, whose kingdom am I in? The kingdom of God. Now, you say, well, what's the other option? The kingdom of Satan. It's a no-brainer. Because Jesus came to what? Give me life and abundantly. Satan came to what? Steal, kill, and destroy you say, well, I don't think, no, he's a great deceiver. So the minute you became a Christian, you're poor in spirit, you're dependent on God. I'm dependent on God right today. What do I get? I get the kingdom of God. I'm in a place where God rules. It's going to get even better later when we get to heaven. Now, look at the opposite. We go to the woes. Look at verse 24. Look at verse 24. But woe to you who are rich. For you have already received your comfort. The New Living Translation says this. What sorrow awaits you who are rich. For you have your only happiness now. Contrasting woe. So Jesus said it's okay to be poor even in material things. But I'm going to provide for you. Don't rich. I can provide for you. But you want to always be poor spiritually. You're dependent on God. Then he says this, woe, woe to you who are rich. Sorrow awaits you. What is woe? Does woe sound like a happy term? Not really. Here's what woe is, regrets and sorrow. As you look back over your life, as you're assessing things, you go, wow, wish I hadn't made that decision. I wish I had chose a different decision. I made the wrong one. See, all of us here have regrets. But while we're here, we can change regrets. Paul said, forgetting those things that are behind us, press forward. But there comes a day when it's too late. You're facing God's judgment. You've died. It's too late to make a change in. And that's where the regrets come. Now, what do we know about people who are rich? Sometimes many of them have a hard time spiritually. They have a different perspective. Why is it that way? Because their security, their meaning and purpose in life is tied up in what? Stuff. If I have a 401k or my retirement's good or if I'm the manager of this great corporation, man, I'm set for life. Yes, probably true. But see, long-term, is that the answer? No, it isn't. So they can become proud. They're the self-made people. I've got plenty of resources to depend on. I don't need a God. Now, understand, that perspective in the world is basically 
whatever's here is I've got. When I die, it's over with. It's the end. But understand, if you're trying to find fulfillment through riches, then wealth, that verse says, you have happiness now. That's it. There's a day coming when you die. And when you die, whoa, because you leave how much here? Everything. When you die with your riches, your resources, your name, how much do you take with you? Put up the old zero sign this morning. None. And that's when a person looks back and goes, uh, I made the wrong decision. Now I'm in eternity. I chose not to have God. My riches can't get to them. I left them to my grandkids. And by the way, when you do, baby, they're going to spend it like you would have never spent it ever. <laughs> Hallelujah. I know that. I'm a grandpa. I'm watching it right now. Okay. <laughs> what does that look like? In Luke, as we go through, you're going to see this. Look, Luke 12, 21. Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth. Notice there's not a period there. It's a wise thing to have a bank account. It's a wise thing to have a 401k. It's a wise thing to invest right. It's a wise thing to know how to manage your money. It's a foolish thing to be in debt. But look what the rest of it says. Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. Remember, Bible teaches money is not evil. It's the love of money. That is. The Bible teaches we are to be rich toward God and generous in our tithing and giving. Yesterday morning, my wife and I went out to Kiki's Breakfast Cafe here in Melbourne. Now, how many have been to Kiki's? Let me see. You. Okay, good. Uh, you go there and they have this pancake that's like a 14-incher or something like that. And they give you two of them and we have pecan pancakes and you get a couple eggs and a half a piece of ham and we just split it for 10 bucks. Man, you can't beat it. I mean, breakfast was fantastic. Someone from the church was there and came by and said hello to us and the manager came by and he says, oh, I see you on TV all the time. I'm thinking, what? Why do you see me on TV? That's old stuff, whatever. But anyway, we had a great time talking with him. He's a believer. And at the end, uh, we're finishing up. By the way, if you eat two of them suckers, you can't move when you leave. (laughs) So we finished our meal, and I said to the waitress, please, can I have the check? i got to get ready to go. And she says, "Uh, I don't know who, but somebody's already paid for your whole bill. I said, really? (laughs) Okay. I said, did they include the tip in it? She said, yes, they did. I went, man, I'm free, ready to go. (laughs) And so I just walked out, and as I went to the car, I said to my wife, somebody bless us. We don't know who it was. And so I just said, you know, we have a friend. Some good friends. And I always wanted to get something for them. And I'd just forgotten about it. The minute I came out of there, I said to my wife, I want to make a stop. I went to a stop, got something. It was like 12 bucks, kind of the same our breakfast would have been. We went right over to their house. We go up the door and said, here's a gift for you. Somebody just blessed up. We're blessing you. Now, is that how we're to live? Yes. You see, the world, their mode of operation is get. For the Christian, it's give. Thanks for being generous. You see, that's what it's about. That's what Jesus is saying. Whatever we have, we freely give because freely God gave to us. Now, as you see that walking through, we come to the next one. Look back at verse 21. Blessed are you who hunger now or hungry now, for you will be 
satisfied. When you were born, you were born with all kinds of desires that God gave you. Desires, appetites, physical, emotional, spiritual, sexual. And appetites are a great thing given to us by God. But how we satisfy those is the key. So Jesus says, blessed are you who are hungry now. What does that mean? Well, here's the first thing I want you to write. You know this for a truth. A hungry person seeks to be filled. How many of you get up in the morning after you've uh, gone to the potty and done all the rest? How many of you seek for food? Let me see your hand. Come on. Uh, the rest of you. No, I never seek for food, Pastor Mark. Yeah, right. We, we seek for food. We're looking for something, aren't we? Coffee, food, roll, or whatever. What is the greatest hunger man has? For God. The greatest hunger that God put in you, the greatest appetite God put in you is a hunger for God. See, this isn't talking materially. This is talking spiritually. Now, when you think of that hunger, you were designed, and hunger simply means you will never have fulfillment in your life until you have a personal relationship with God. St. Augustine says it like this, that until a person has a relationship with God, they will always be restless, hungry, and unfulfilled. So for those of you this morning that as yet have not chosen to have your sins forgiven, to have that wonderful feeling of knowing you're going to go to heaven because of God, you're searching. Without God, you'll never find fulfillment. So a true follower of Jesus wants to be right with God. Then they want to know more about God. Now, what's the opposite of a person that just focuses on the physical here? Not the spiritual, just the physical. Look at the woe in verse 25. Woe to you who are well fed now, talking about the the material things of this world, for you will go hungry. Can I say it? It says like this. What sorrow awaits you who are fat and prosperous now for a time of awful hunger awaits you. You see, Satan, the great deceiver, provides all kind of alternatives to fill that place that God can only fill. We try to satisfy our spiritual hunger with power and authority and success and comfort and happiness and sexuality, even dead religion. You see, the world is starving for something that satisfies. And Satan is always offering fake food spiritually to try to satisfy it. Because of that, as Billy Graham says, a person is empty, lonely, guilty, and afraid of death. King Solomon tried everything to fulfill that appetite he had for God. Nothing filled it. Let me read you what he said. Everything is so weary and tiresome. No matter how much we see, we are never satisfied. Can I say this to you? Here's the biggest danger. Write it down. The biggest mistake in life is trying to satisfy a spiritual hunger with physical things. It will never work. You'll always be hungry for God. Because the only thing that fills that is a personal relationship with him. Now looking back at verse 21. What's, if I'm blessed, what is the promise? Blessed are you who hunger now for what? You will 
be satisfied. You remember Jesus said, he stood one day and he said this, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will what? Never hunger again. What does he mean by that? Those who hunger and thirst for God are promised when they come to God, you will absolutely be full. But there's a big deal with this. Many people think hunger for God just means salvation. Well, it is. You're searching for something. And when you come to Jesus, you're full. But our life should still be hungering for God. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Let me ask you, do you still have a hunger for God's word? That's why you're here. People want to know why we go to church. What's wrong with you weird people? You go to church. Like, what's wrong with you? Because we have a hunger for what? To know God more. We have a hunger to know his word. When, when you leave here, one of the goals of Calvary Chapel, guys, we're just one of many, many, many wonderful churches. What is our goal? To make sure people are loved and well-fed. Who's feeding you well this morning? God, the Holy Spirit's feeding you. So if maybe you've lost a little of that zeal for the things that... Maybe it's become, well, I did my devotion, check off. And you're actually starving. Maybe you need to get back and say, God, I hunger for you. Let me read you something. When we go to Israel, we always go to a neat area where David is. And uh, here's what he says. As a deer longs for streams of water, it's at En Gedi. So I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. Christian, keep thirsting for God. Keep taste and see. He is good and he remains good in our lives. Amen. Now, back to 21. As you see all that, blessed are you who, what? Weep. Now, for you will laugh. How about that for a good one? What is it talking about? In our world, what's happening in our world? World of sorrow, isn't it? There's difficulty in our world. Anybody here ever weep or mourn? Anybody here ever weep or mourn? Of course we do. Did God design our world to be that way? No, he did not. But that's the real world. So what is this mourning about? It's really two areas. It's mourning over our personal sin. Have you ever said this to God? I'll never do that again, God. And you do. And you go, what is wrong with me? It's that I gave in again. So we mourn over that personal sin, and we mourn over the condition of the sinful world of God. You see, there's a time in our world, when you stop and look back, that what God designed, he never designed all of this. So there is a time where we weep and we mourn for our world. I was thinking, because you know, often we go to China, and I was thinking about these retired people, probably never been on a little teeny cruise or whatever before. Here they are, 60, 70, 80, first cruise ever. They go on the boat, a tornado comes, 400 of them die. Well, we learned that there are no self-made men. Someone else created them in the first place. Pastor Mark also taught that everyone is in need of a new way of thinking that is opposite from the thinking we grew up with. That new thinking requires that we recognize our innate personal poverty so that we can receive the riches that come from having a new relationship with God. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. 
To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. In the next installment of this message, Pastor Mark will continue to teach from Luke 6. He will be speaking on the consequences of choosing to follow this new direction, Jesus' direction. Pastor Mark will be sharing about the options we all have to choose to pursue riches on this earth, those we can touch and experience now, or to trust God and strive to store up riches in heaven, which will never fade away. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series, The Everyday Life of Jesus. That's next time on Lessons for Living. in a hurting world a new hope he is given